Nikki. Hey, Selena. And hello, everyone, and welcome to Sweet Tea and TV. I love how you pull out your NPR voice for that every time. <laughs> and this has been fresh air. You just take it down a notch, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do, I know what you're saying. <laughs> and to think that mom wouldn't let me leave the message on the message machine when we were little. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm By sorry. By we, I mean me, and yeah, I wasn't allowed to. She always had a business, and oh, it was a professional. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. But I sounded like this. I'm sure. <laughs> It ate. Probably exactly what you sounded like. I like to think so. <laughs> and I like that I just carbon dated myself with the answering machine. <laughs> All right, for those of you who don't know, an answering machine was something that predated a voicemail. And for those of you who don't know, that voicemail is that thing that you don't set up on your phone. And for those of you who don't know, no, that's really it. No, there's an important one. Oh, which one? People make phone calls. Oh, right. It all There's starts this thing with called a, phone a call. telephone. <laughs> it all starts with a phone call. Yeah, not a cell phone, a telephone. <laughs> <clears throat> so I was going to ask you a question. It's a two-parter. Oh, Lord. It's easy. I'm going to forget the first part by the time you get to the second part. Ew. It's just how my brain works. Oh, well, I'll ask them separately. Okay, I'm not going to make eye contact with you so I can register. You can only eat one kind of food for the rest of your life. What would it be? Or the real left field one. I'm going to talk to Phil. I feel like the answer. I'm waffling. I'm like mentally. (laughs) I am mentally running through meals. And I'm I'm thinking breakfast food of some kind. And what I'm torn between is toast or cereal. I can eat toast any time of the day, any day of the week, regardless of how I'm feeling. Okay. Toast with butter on it. That's delicious. Cereal, same thing. I can eat cereal for dinner. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's a... I feel like it's more common, be sexist for a second, for women to just come in the door and be like, especially if they're in charge of themselves for that night, they don't have to worry about anybody else. Not worry. I say worry. Okay. So they don't have to worry about anybody else. They're having chips and salsa for dinner. They're having... Oh, man. I miss chips and salsa for dinner. That's the single days right there. Good point. Oh, my gosh. I had forgotten about that. Chips and salsa dinner, cereal for dinner, just like whatever's like right there. Toast. Women are right? very pragmatic like that. I, I really could be like a um, a very minimal eater. Mm-hmm. I really, you give me a couple shelf stable foods, I can eat for days. That's one of my favorite things, actually. Is just eggs on toast. Oh, like yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Like I just fry up two eggs, mm-hmm. two pieces mm-hmm. of toast, sourdough. Yeah, little jam on one of them to Ooh, make it like yeah. a sweet and savory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe put some bacon on it. <laughs> put some ba- put some I put some French toast on the side of that. I put some waffles on the side of that. I put some hash browns on the side of that. I put some pancakes on the side Give of that. Give me a mimosa and we're set. <laughs> Give me the, yeah, and then that's all I really need. And I'm, I'm like a super minimalist eater. Simple. <laughs> well, I think this will be a nice tee up for um, this week's extra sugar. So without going too far into it right now, but let's go on that cereal train for a second. Mm-hmm. If you only could eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh. Kicks. Kid tested. Mother approved. I'm thinking thinking Cheerios. Mm. Like a honey nut Cheerio. Okay. Oh, just the standard bear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my favorite cereal, we've been talking about this. I really love a Fruity Pebble. And I really love a Fruit Loop, the fruity ones. But I wonder if, if I'm feeling sick or something, if maybe I'm not feeling that like 
exotic with my cereal choice and I only get one thing for the rest of my life, I could probably eat a Honey Nut Cheerio most of the time. Yeah, I get it. Well, because like sometimes you don't always want something that's so sweet. Right. That would be tough. Right. And so you only get the one choice. I can't promise you I always only want fruity pebbles or fruit loops. Right. And then for some people I know, being locked into eating one thing for the rest of their life would literally be the worst thing that you could ever do to it them. It would ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. What about what about you? Which one? Anything? The, the one cereal the one yeah, the one thing for the rest of your life. The one cereal. One cereal for the rest of my life. I your think, question. I well, but my first question is what food for the rest of your life. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were just agreeing with me. <laughs> I thought you just agreed that toast or cereal. Well, toast and cereal are delicious. I thought you agreed that was the right answer. But didn't you hear me with the waffles and the pancakes? Oh, yeah. Now you have to answer both questions then, I guess. Okay. So I'll start with the cereal then and say that I think that you're going to think I'm crazy. I think I might have to go with something like a smart start because it's like just like a little sweet. Okay. I know. What? Have you had I don't think I know what this is. I'm going to have to look it up. I'm I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning like fiber. But it's sweeter than that. It's I've, I'm, now I wish it was part of the cereals that I had gotten because <laughs> it's it's good. It's just it's not fruity pebbles, but I also couldn't. But Smart Start feels like something I could eat every day. Right, um, I get the, so. I get that line that yeah. line of thought. So so I guess that's it for cereals. And then um, Nikki's she's 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 done Googled it and she mm. gave it the disapprove. Um, and. Then if, but I would not want to eat cereal every day either. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. If I could only eat one food for the rest of my life, I think it would probably be like peanut butter on some kind of bread. Mm -hmm. That's a good choice. If I think about a food that I have loved like my entire life and I can just like eat it anytime and be okay with it, it's peanut butter. I mean, I- Crunchy or creamy. So I would have before said, don't you even talk to me about crunchy peanut butter. What? But- but I accidentally bought some this last year to which like Casey was very upset about. So I ate the whole jar because I just didn't want to be wasteful. And I didn't sure, realize it until I opened it. I'm that same way about everything. I just don't everything. Be it's fine. You can't throw the cake away. You <laughs> can't throw away the sheet cake. And uh, and I was okay with it. Like I, now I didn't get any more. So strange. I would have pegged you as a crunchy peanut butter, you know, the, the superior peanut butter products. Mm-hmm. I would have pegged you that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a creamy peanut butter kind of gal. Kyle and I were talking recently about how, like, genuinely sorry I feel for people with a peanut allergy. To never know the joy of peanut butter. Doesn't he have a peanut allergy? Mm-mm, he's a tree nut allergy. A tree nut. Okay, mm-hmm. that's different. So They're no pine different. nuts. That's right. No okay. pine nuts, no pecans, no walnuts. So he does not know the joy of a pecan pie. But you could make a pecan pie without pecans. I don't know why you would. Yeah. Get out of here without blasphemy. I know. I wonder if there's something else that you could... Because the filling is Why would you make good. a pecan pie? <sighs> well, I didn't have a lot of time to think it through. Okay. The okay. So you're just throwing crap out But what out if now. you put, like, no, we just something else that's crunchy in there, but not that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. We'll move on. All right. I did a southern faux pas. Mm, awful. Wah, wah, wah. Speaking of a southern faux pas, Ted, <laughs> Ted. am I right? <laughs> Such... <laughs> This guy, this guy, get out of here, as you would say in the South. (laughs) So season two, episode 21, we are very nearly done with this season. (laughs) And I'm very nearly done with Ted after this episode. Spoiler alert. So this one's called Ted Bear. Uh, Mary Jo faces a personal crisis when Ted, her ex-husband, re-enters her life. 
IMDb is, is brief this week. Mary Jo believes that Ted has changed and that he wants a reconciliation in spite of his approaching wedding to Tammy. This one aired March 21st, 1988. It was written by LBT and directed by Hal Holbrook. That's exciting. Yeah. I think he directed the last episode too, didn't he? He did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll get she there. She keeps the excitement. <laughs> so general reaction, stray observations. Okay. My first general reaction is... Let me just pose something to you, okay? Let me see if I have this right. Ted misses Mary Jo for the following reasons. Mm -hmm. Because she's mature, remembers the Kennedy assassination, has heard I want to hold your hand, cooks a mean beef wellington, better than mom's, mixes a good martini, gives a great massage, keeps everything in order, like color-coding his shirts and socks, and filed all the receipts in his wallet. God, that is so beautiful. What a woman. Oh, man. I miss Mary Jo, and I was never married to her. I tell Kyle all the time, I need a wife. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds so nice. So, yeah, I, this I really bothered me. Yeah. The whole thing. I, I really liked this storyline. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it comes at a really good time at the end of a season. Mm -hmm. because, again, we get that arc of character growth for Mary Jo. Mm -hmm. So it kind of started at the end of season one and then kind of follows that same routine this season where she had sort of like a come to Mary Jo moment is what I'm going to call it, where she kind of comes to terms with something she feels really strongly about and needs to stand up for herself with. Mm -hmm. And it's happening again almost at the exact same time this season, mm -hmm. except she's confronting a pretty big demon in her past. Mm -hmm. Ted. And indeed a demon. <laughs> and his name is Ted. So I really liked that. Yeah, um, I do. I totally agree that I was all in on this episode. I will tell you another general thing for me that I, <laughs> what was hard for me to watch is Mary Jo. For most of the episode, it feels like she's falling for all Waffling. of Ted's. Yeah, mm. she's falling for the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, after being on the other side of that equation for so long, she can't see through his manipulation. There's a point, kind of maybe two-thirds of the episode through that scene, maybe they don't show it. Maybe she just talks about it later. But where she describes them standing in the doorway of her kids sleeping, yeah. and for a brief glimmer of a moment, they're a family. I think that's a pivotal moment for her. <clears throat> oh, and I like think, pushing well, her the other way? No, no, no. I don't think I'm articulating that well. I think that explains a lot of her overlooking some of the other things. I totally agree. Yeah. They have kids together. Yeah. It does complicate things. The other thing that I think that complicates it is this whole history that we know they have that um, she put him through medical school. Mm -hmm. So I think, so like she did all the hard work, but she didn't get to reap any of the benefits. Yeah. Tammy's reaping the benefits. Mm -hmm. And then the, Tammy, uh, who doesn't even know about the Kennedy assassination. God. It, which by the way, that's really, hmm. <laughs> She didn't go to history class. <laughs> um, that wasn't a big deal then. You know what I'm saying? We moved on. Um, so, you know, I also like there's this aspect we like we have generally have had set up for us along the way that she has like low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And he is and that's what the manipulation is. Mm -hmm. Like he is like talking a lot about her looks and right. stuff and all those things that I, I'm imagining that she's really craving. Mm -hmm. things that it sounds like and, and she even says later on like he didn't say these things to me because mm -hmm. we get Suzanne saying she always said they said those things to me all the time he said it once he said it 15,000 times so yeah. 
Speaking of Suzanne, can I give you a stray, stray observation about her? Sure. I really liked her hair when they were sitting around talking about Mary Jo's predicament. It was a lot less pageant girl yeah. and much more like late 20s, early 30s women of the 80s. Mm. I'm showing Selena a picture. It's just nice. Yeah. It's got kind some of good fluffiness. Fawcett, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I would describe look. it. Yeah. Yeah. I just I liked it. thought you were going to say Mary Jo's hair. Did I say Mary Jo? I meant Suzanne. No, for whatever reason. I oh. just, for some reason, I thought that's who you were. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, it looks, she yeah, generally looks like, has good hair. Mary Jo? Yeah. It's, it's it's that 80s curl. Yeah. That's, it's a little, it, they really foof it up. Yeah. But I do, I mean, I love her hair color. And it's not just because I'm also a redhead. <laughs> um, so the other thing, though, that struck me in just a general reaction way was being grateful for Julia because I thought she said something that was really important. Even if Mary Jo couldn't hear her at the time was that it didn't sound like he's changed much at all. If he's trying to get back together with her while engaged right. to someone else. Yes. That was super wise. Uh, because it's just, this, it's, it's the, the same pattern of behavior. Right. Uh, so if he's going to do it to Tammy, and he did it to you. Yeah. I did have this one thought that I feel like maybe a little different. I, I came around to seeing things the way that you did, actually, about this being a growth episode. But on initial reaction, because she did seem to be falling for it, I thought this was going to be another circular plot. Mm. You know, on on the face of it, he wants he wants to get back together. Then Mary Jo considers it, and they don't get back together. So you kind of end up, where you started but thinking more on it like this is good character development for her uh she is falling for it a lot throughout the episode but with jd's phone call she realizes she's totally outgrown him yeah i think they had to fill 22 minutes and so they had to come up with some way to have her sort of like continuing to go back and have those conversations with him so that she could sort of grow along the way and i think some of the other characters are planting seeds throughout the episode of the quote-unquote old mary joe so like charlene says at one point like about serving punch at the wedding and knowing you you'd probably do it um and then julia said that um he probably had found out tammy was infertile and wanted to ask mary joe to carry the babies um so she didn't argue she didn't act surprised by those things like she knows that about herself um, and it was also kind of a nice way to refresh us on the kind of person she is. And I think they had to continue having these interactions with Ted so she could keep having a reason to interact with him again so mm -hmm. they could fill up the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, is it telling that an episode almost solely about Ted, it's still Anthony and not him who sits his son down to give him some advice? Yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, that says a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so a really Anthony's amazing. Right. Yeah. I thought fooey. I thought that was like a really good um writer's choice. Yeah. Because I think it's like a way of telling us something without hitting us on the head with it. And also cool for Anthony's character. Someone who had spent some time in prison um to like serve as a father figure for someone. I don't know how to articulate that well, but like also kind of, although we know that he. Well, someone who's lived a life. Right. Someone who's like not necessarily, I mean, how inspiring is it? Okay. It's not going to sound right. I'm not saying it's not inspiring to go to medical school <laughs> because obviously that. So that's easy. <laughs> anybody can do it. But like you get the I, idea that Ted, like, 
you know, if someone else helped him do that, he's had help along the way, is right. what I'm saying. Yeah. Anthony has, like, pulled himself along. Mm-hmm. And Anthony has taken, like, a really tragic occurrence when he was just becoming a man. And he has, like, turned... Like, he didn't let that take him all the way down. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even do anything wrong. And now he's a male role model. Someone that a kid thinks <clears throat> is, one, really cool, and then, two, really wants to listen to him. Right. That's cool. That was nice. And Sorry. it's always good to see Anthony. That's always nice to see him. So there's some low-key fat shaming right at the top of the episode. Did that feel like that to you? Oh, about the, the big woman? Yeah. Yeah. It did, sure. So like, I didn't love that. I mean, I, I only say that because we've already established a history of that. Mm-hmm. And so just saying it hasn't seemed to go away. Um, another thing that came back up in this episode, that daggum metal detector. Oh, yeah. How many times are we going to talk about Quint's metal detector? But I did like that it's threaded. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of nice. He's got a hobby. I mean, who doesn't want to Talk get... about character development. Yeah, he's really growing. It's kind of funny that J.D. Now, J.D. doesn't say it. We hear through Mary Jo that J.D. has said of Ted. He's not tall. He's not tall. And I thought that was interesting for a few reasons. So I had to look up their heights. Because then I was like, oh. to me... Richard Gilliland looks not tall. Mm-hmm. So, and then, I, but to me, Ted looks taller. Um, and, and he is. So, JD's actually, or Richard Gilliland is actually two inches shorter than, um, what's his face in real life? That's stray. That, that is stray. <laughs> That's a stray stray. You know what I'm saying? I also feel like JD didn't just say, and he's not tall. And he's a short weenie or something like that. Short Probably. weenie who can't even like mentor his son. Yeah. Mary, Mary Jo is definitely cleaning it up on the back end. Yeah. And then this last thing stood out to me as it felt like a word that was in the writer's head versus something that the characters necessarily would say. Everybody kept using the term reconciliation, mm. which is like, to me, feels like a very specific term. Like, oh. I feel like you just like, we'll get back together. Yeah. And every single person kept saying reconcile. But he's not aiming for a reconciliation. Yeah. And like characters who weren't part, like later on, Ted says it, but he wasn't in the room with all the women when they were talking. So that just stood just out to a me. good word. And that's what you call another stray stray. That is the strayest <laughs> of the stray. Let's talk about some things that we liked. So I'm realizing now maybe this could have been a stray or a general reaction, but I got to thinking about love languages at one point in the episode because okay. it's when Ted, uh, when JD, when I wrote these notes the first time, I keep calling him Ted. Uh-huh. And like, I really don't like Ted. I actually really like JD, I think. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, he's on the phone with her and he mentions her tire pressure. Mm-hmm. Is it weird that made my heart flutter? No. I was like, how romantic. He remembered her tire pressure was low and is, like, going to fix it for her. Well, it's like a a pragmatic, romantic thing. It's, like, the most but banal, like, right. And so that gets me into love languages, mm-hmm. where my love language is, like, acts of service. Mm-hmm. Like, I love for someone to think of me and do something because they think it will make my life easier. Mm-hmm. And whether it actually makes my life easier or not is irrelevant. But, like, for my husband to do something because he knows it's going to make my life easier, I love that. And I just wondered if any of that resonated with you. I thought 
all of the things that he said sounded like someone who really cared. Yeah. And I, th- for, I guess what really struck me is that <clears throat> we've gotten all those things that I set up at the top. Where we're talking about the beef wellington and here you did this for me and you did this for me and you did this for me too. And I really enjoyed it when you massaged my feet and I really, en- you know what I'm saying? And it was all me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And JD was all you, 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 you. Mm-hmm. And it did feel like a little bit more like a partnership and like, I don't want you to go out of your way. And you know, I just want you to be safe and I just want you to be well. And that felt more like unconditional love to me. Yeah. How'd you feel about the throwback to Suzanne and Ted's brief affair? It was uh, brought back in a very, like, Suzanne manner. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I appreciate that. I put that in my likes. Uh Because I appreciate that they kind of weave, like you said earlier, weaving that thread. But it's just always so very brief. To be something that, to me, as like, if I thought about my friends, yeah. (laughs) If I thought about my friends, that would be a pretty pivotal moment in our friendship. And it probably, I mean... It's probably something I'd have trouble reconciling in my heart. <laughs> We'd talk about it a lot. Reconciling. That word could come <laughs> from anywhere. We'd talk about it a lot, and it just continues to be like this little, oh, yeah, they were together. Oh, yeah, yeah they were engaged. Right. After one gynecology appointment and a day. <laughs> so what did you like in this episode? Well, I liked Mary Jo and Charlene's very brief dance party oh. to It's a Party. But what I really loved was like her whole, the whole setup for that, just as a reminder, is that she's talking about um, the terrible music that Claudia, that Claudia. rock music, rock and roll. The God help him. The devil's music. But she's like talking about how awful it was. And she's like, our time was so innocent. So her and Charlene start dancing to it. So she's made this point, like ours is innocent. And at the end, she makes this hand gesture where she's like, (sighs) like, hello, this is what I mean. And it was just like this. It was just good acting. Oh. Um, Plus, I love a dance party. (laughs) I was so stuck on, I, I just will never understand how, it's almost like the Carlton. I uh-huh. just don't understand how people make their bodies move like that and like snap on beat and oh. and where these dance moves come from. I just, I don't understand. Uh, are you saying you think it was bad dancing? No. Okay. No, I think it was. Because uh, you said the Carlton. It, it's the sort of like hip moving with yeah. hands moving. Like there's too much movement in my opinion. My body doesn't move like that. There's sure. just a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. I, just don't I don't know. I've not seen you dance. It. I don't dance like that. I don't, I don't dance. I don't. I really try not to. I come from the footloose tradition. <laughs> we don't dance in our house. I come from a town that does not dance. <laughs> um, so I also, I also like the line that you already mentioned earlier, which was knowing Ted, he'll probably ask me to serve punch and Charlie and saying, yep, and knowing you, you'll probably do it. She thought that was well delivered. It's a good friend. I liked all the eyes around it that yeah. they were making at each other. Not like making eyes, but like <laughs> all the facial expressions. I liked Anthony's argument to Quint for not cussing. He mm. says, um, it makes you common. Mm. It means you're like everybody else, that you can't think for yourself, and I don't want to be like everybody else. So let me be clear. I cuss. I don't cuss on this podcast because that's an agreement that Nikki and I have. (laughs) And also, like, eh, it's I don't need to. It's fine. Right. And I do think that, like, it could be well-placed and not well-placed, but I love this argument for a kid. 
I, so I'm glad you're bringing this up because it is something I've waffled on myself. Like, I don't know when the day comes. Like, right now, my kids are in an age where they think but is a bad word. Mm. Um, so one day, they will come home and Vinny will have taught them some words they shouldn't know. That's the kid's name in the episode. Um, so I don't know how to have that discussion with them because Kyle and I just are preferences that we don't cuss as a family. I don't know how you explain that to a kid. I don't know why I feel that way. I've never been a huge cusser. I do. I do cuss. But I've never been. I have friends that like F word is every other word. They just, it's, it comes naturally to them. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I can't do that. It's just not natural to me. I've never, like as a family, we never really cussed in front of one another. So I don't know how I'm going to explain it. But I liked the way he explained it. Yeah. I thought that was nice. They, Sometimes you just you have just to use a cuss it word. line for line. I should. Then I would just have to remember it. This might be a segment. <laughs> Well, you'll just pull random, like, different quotes from the show. It, sometimes it won't even match up. Like, they'll be asking you about something and you just, like, have a Julia rant. Oh. And come back and tell us about it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> It'll be great. Not confusing for them at all. Sure. Anything for the show. Am I right? Right. That's all about the show. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> um, I always like getting insight into Suzanne's marriages and what didn't work for her. <laughs> Can I read these lines? Please. Okay. So... She says, all of my ex-husbands have tried to reconcile with me. It never works. Oh, sure, they'll make their promises the first few weeks. They'll say things like, okay, we'll never try and come into your bathroom again. Or, we'll never make love to you on the days you just had your hair done. Or, we'll never ask you to do anything other than lie, on, lie the way you normally sleep. Flat on your back, head on the pillow. <laughs> but, pff, that never lasts. And I just... I love it. I think it's great. She's got standards. Yeah. She's got really rigorous standards for things that don't matter. <laughs> they matter to her. They do. And that's what matters. That's what matters. <laughs> that's true. <sighs> Every time she recollects previous marriages, I'm like, oh, oh, Suzanne. I think I would have liked it if she had just stopped after, we'll never ask you to do anything. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> and right. I'd be like, cool. Perfect. That Perfect. sounds wonderful. Let me get some of that. Uh, I loved everything. I had a lot of likes in this one. I okay. better be giving it a five, I guess. So I don't remember. Um, <laughs> Only time will tell. It's going to be like a one. <laughs> she hated this I loved everything Mary Jo said at the end. <clears throat> she tells Ted all he ever mentions is what she can do for him. So we've talked about this already to some extent, but that was just something that really was a strong part of the episode for me. Um, and I think, again, it ties into what we're talking about in terms of Mary Jo's growth. Mm -hmm. I also thought that it was a really, really nice note to end the episode on. Mm -hmm. And I swear this is my last like. 127. For me, there was a little ambiguity on Ted wanting to get back together. Uh, and I like that, too. Mm. But I wanted Mary Jo either way, no matter what he thought. I wanted her to walk away thinking that's what he wanted. I think she needed it. So you are not sure he actually really wanted to get together. Uh, it, it To me, I read it as ambiguous as to whether he was going to try and push that conversation forward mm. where it seemed like he was headed before she went and took that call. Mm. I couldn't tell if he totally switched gears mm -hmm. and he, as soon as he, because uh, you get the sense he has a fragile ego. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I imagine that Ted never wants to really be turned down. Mm -hmm. And so I could see a character like him. I could see him being like, 
I've never really, what? Mm. Reconcile. Mm -hmm. And just on the spot coming up with that, no matter what the truth was. Mm -hmm. Or was he really surprised? And honestly, I wasn't sure which one it was. Mm. And because we don't really get to see Ted's side of it, we don't get like a, let's say they had like pulled a clip before then where it just showed him with a ring box or something like mm-hmm. he's going to re ask her to marry him or whatever the case is, or we don't mm-hmm. get a snippet of him later on confirming one way or right. the other. So right. I'm just not sure. What did you think it was? I thought for sure he was gaslighting her when he said, no, what? No, I wasn't thinking about that. I mean, I just think that he is getting older as a person. I think <laughs> getting older as a person sounds weird. I think he's getting older. I think he's realizing the stuff that really matters in life And I think part of that is coming to terms with the fact that he had something good and gave it up. And I think that um, he, I I felt like he was totally gaslighting her. He came up with those lies pretty quickly. Um, So to your point, maybe, maybe he really wasn't sure, but I felt like he's also just a liar Mm. and can come up with them quickly. Um, And had also been kind of in his own head maybe about where these things were coming from. So he just fed her back the things that were in his head. But I think he really wanted to get back with her. It's mm. interesting. Yeah. I do also get this sense, too, like a lot of things had to do with Tammy's age. And it just sort of strikes me that, like, people may think they want to be. And I'm going to say people, not necessarily a man or a woman. Um, people may think that they want to be with someone who is younger, but or who is younger. But once they are, all that reminds them of is that they're older. That they're old, yeah. And that's got to be hard. Yeah. In its own way. You're also not, um, so it's like sitting down with a niece or a nephew or a younger cousin. Yeah. And you sit there and you realize we have nothing in common. Right. Like we use social media. Both of us use social media. We use it for totally different reasons. Mm -hmm. Your for you page looks very different than mine. (laughs) You know, like the overlap ends there. Mm -hmm. And you realize after a little while, once the sort of sparks are gone, you're like, ah, crap. We got nothing in common. Right. And it's just, there is something. You hear that, Kyle? (laughs) Grass is not greener. (laughs) There is something to be said for like an instant bond that you can feel with someone your age. Because pretty much wherever they grew up, you're going to have some things in common. Music, TV shows, something. something And that's not to say age difference couples can't work. I don't know. I've never been in one. So what, you know, who am I to say that? But I could see where that would be really hard. Well, Casey is much, much, much older than me. <laughs> Just like you're much, much, much older than me, I'm sure. So much. Oh, three months. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Too much. Ah, but that three months used to really count. It, it still does. That was all my likes. Well, That's what we're still talking about, right? <laughs> sure. We also incidentally just covered my dislike, which was Ted. Oh, yeah. All Same. the mixed messaging. I, again, I saw it as gaslighting mm-hmm. and like taking her for a ride. I really didn't like that. That was that was my big dislike. He was definitely my big dislike. Uh, but it was like everything he said and did. His creep just factor him. was yeah. also off the charts. He uh, He's a good indicator of a man of a certain wealth in the 80s. Something. I mean, he's like referring to Tammy's firm thighs. Mm -hmm. As far as butts go, yours is unequaled. I'm a surgeon and I can spot fine fine tissue from a hundred yards away. Hot. That didn't turn you on. (laughs) Really got me. You know what I'm saying? Check out my fine tissue. Yeah. Hi, baby. Cool. Fine tissue. It does. It sounds like a really horrible pickup line. And then the one that really got me. 
so when they get back to the house and they're like talking, um, he says, you always look so enticing in bed, like Ugh. a puppy, playful, but fragile. And he does say fragile. And Mary Jo doesn't say like, can you just leave now? Right. She was into it. She liked it. She like she likes to be told she's cute. It's just like enticing puppy in a sexual if I had a context. For every time I've been called a puppy, I just <laughs> so not for me. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't like Ted. Ted's just not for me. Yeah. You want to rate this sucker? I do. Okay, I'm going with <laughs> Amtrak Prospectors. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Uh, because they said Quint was trying to could find money on an Amtrak with his metal detector. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give it a I'm questioning this rating now. I'm questioning mine too. I'm committing. Four point eight five out of a five. Oh, okay. I really am questioning. I think I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna. For the record, I'm gonna go back to four. I'm giving it a four. Okay. Uh, I really liked this episode. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I loved the, um, I always love when we have character specific storylines. So we just came off an episode with Charlene. It was all about Charlene and her journey and who she is as a person. I like that we get a Mary Jo one, especially when the whole point of the episode is show, to show you how much a person has grown. Mm-hmm. So um, when Mary Jo got to have her, you know, in the last episode, Charlene had her coming to Jesus moment when she literally told her pastor, like, I don't want to be here anymore. I feel like Mary Jo had that when she walked back to the table after talking to Ted and was like, you can't keep up with me. You can't meet my needs. Right. I loved that. I just yeah. love that. Um, so it's just really cool to watch her become the woman that I think she was meant to be, but didn't get a chance to be before she got married to Ted. Yeah. Well, okay. So I had given this one a 3.6. I oh. have since, Revised. because I said, I can't, uh, oh, up. Okay. yeah, I can't have a hundred likes and be like, at two. Um, so it's not a perfect system. <laughs> so from a 3.6 to a 4.2. Out of five unequaled butts. Ah. Yeah. I like that it was realistic. Mm-hmm. I thought Charlene's episode, speaking of that, that felt realistic. Her having some issues with sunlight in her eyes. <laughs> I feel like this one's realist- realistic. Exes do come back into the picture. It's common for people to seek advice from their friends or coworkers. I like that. And um, I, I, same as you, I really like that Mary Jo got a confidence boost and saw her value in the end. Yeah. It's what we want to see for the people that we started. I mean, you're watching them all the time, you know? Yeah. So you want good things for Especially the people us. that you're rooting for. All the time. All the time. <laughs> Do you have any combination references? Just Amtrak. Oh, okay. Uh, because, hmm, I'm putting it here because it's, possibly unknown for some people. It's not quite 80s because it does still exist, mm-hmm. but it feels like a thing of the past. It's just basically a people train. So Amtrak, don't come on the show. <laughs> it's kind of expensive. So come on the mm-hmm. show if you're going to give us free tickets, but like I'm <laughs> not paying for it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Okay. Uh, I did not have any combos. How about 80s things? Do you know what a Mr. Squiggly is? So this is in references I had to look up. I got stuck. Did you find anything? No. And I thought I knew exactly what it was. What did you think it was? I thought it was a little pen Uh that had a weight inside it. And it vibrates? (laughs) Okay. Yes. I hear what it sounds like, but that's not not what I mean. I don't mean a personal (laughs) pen, okay? (laughs) 
But yes, and it makes little squiggles. Okay. That's what I thought it was. So I was only able to find, because I didn't know, I found a Mr. Squiggly, and but that, because I wasn't sure if like it was a pin, like based on a cartoon or something. I found the cartoon. Okay. And that was, did run through the 80s, but it was an Australian kids show and it's not a toy yeah so that it makes sense the squiggles pins though i did squiggles find yeah maybe that's what i'm but thinking why was of. he calling it mr squiggles mr squiggly squiggly yeah so nothing's right i think quint is an unreliable narrator we didn't solve this one i know so bottom line i just i was hoping you had an answer well if anybody knows tell I'll, us i'll also put here getting a phone call at dinner that you have to take at the bar yes <laughs> i have receiving a phone call at the restaurant <laughs> Can you imagine what you would do if that happened? I would think for sure I was going to jail or something. Or somebody died. Something terrible has happened. Yeah. If someone finds me somewhere they else. They track you down. Not by my phone. At a place that has a landline. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different time. I, on a related note, somebody characterized this week, I heard someone characterize the phone book as reckless. That's how I feel about telephones now, in case I haven't made that clear. The fact that someone at any point in time can pick up the phone and try to call you, it's reckless. Well, one person's saving grace is another person's nightmare. Right. (laughs) Right, right. The other things I have for 80s was um, cab drivers. And then um, that's uh, Ted's story about he comes home from a ski trip where he's there with a bunch of women, basically. And she's thrown out everything on the front, in the front yard. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Garfield PJs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good catch. Southern things? I didn't have anything. I had the way Ted says fragile. Fragile. Says fragile. And then... Um, I've never in my life said it that way. N- no, can't say I have. Um, saying brazier instead of bra. <laughs> this has come up before, it I think. It does. And I'm telling you, one day... and Because like, there was one episode where I wound up looking up the, like some things about the history of a brazier, And I was like, we're going to do an extra Didn't sugar we say on we were brazier. Do, yeah. I just got to write it down. <laughs> yeah, right. Voice memo? (laughs) If only there was some way to record it for posterity. (laughs) Selena, in Q&A, open up the document drive and write down brassiere. Beep. Cover that one. That'll be weird. Perfect. (laughs) References that we should talk about or didn't know about, wanted to look up, blah, blah, blah. I have a handful. Okay. The first one is more just like me capturing things I heard um, that people should know. These are songs. Put your head on my shoulder. Please, Mr. Postman. It's my party. I'll cry if I want to Mm -hmm. and I want to hold your hand. And did you know all the songs? They're all old-fashioned. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Please, Mr. Postman. I don't think I could sing, but I'm sure I've heard it. But all the other ones I probably could sing. Please, Mr. Postman, wait and see. Oh, yeah. Is there a letter in your bag for me? Okay. Mr. Postman. Got it. Okay. Cool. Sorry. (laughs) It wasn't cool, though. Uh, uh, I had to look up Gary Hart and Donna Rice. Mm-hmm. So this is a comparison Mary Jo makes to the idea of her and Ted getting back together, both being something that would never happen. Uh, Gary Rice was a... F- so I'm going to be honest with you. I thought these were old-fashioned TV show characters. I could see that. They kind of sound like that, I don't think they? I'm thinking of Donna Reed. Oh, yeah. And it just kept... Whatever. But Gary uh, Hart was actually a former senator who was gearing up for a run as the Democratic nominee... Uh, for president when he got himself ensnared in a little scandal with the younger former pageant queen. And and I will say, when I wrote this the first time, I said when he was ensnared, and then I changed it to when he got himself ensnared, because I think a series of very poor judgments were made in this one. Mm. But he got himself ensnared in a scandal with the younger former pageant queen, Rice. Um, 
This is what I mean. Hart had for years endured claims of being a womanizer, and he actually proactively invited the press to keep tabs on him, just so they could see how untrue the rumors were. Then proceeded to, like, go out and let Donna Rice sit on his lap and have pictures taken. I didn't know where that was going. So, um, for years, and it sounds like they continue to deny the claims that they ever had a romantic uh, relationship, but there is a picture of her sitting on his lap. Um, that someone took of them while they were on a trip somewhere. That's totally normal, Nikki. I know. I, you know I'm always sitting on everybody's laps. This is what I'm saying. If there's a lap to be had, there I, I am. I think I, re- <laughs> I think I read somewhere, too. She's from South Carolina. She's Southern. I think that sounds right. Southern Connection. Southern <laughs> Connection. <laughs> and then the last thing I had was Splendor in the Grass. Uh, so Mary Jo says it makes her feel proud to think Ted might be realizing what he gave up. Charlene mentions this movie. She talks about how Natalie Wood left a mental hospital, went to see Warren Beatty, how she must have taken some joy in seeing him with a bunch of kids married to someone else in dusty coveralls. Apparently the movie is a 1961 American period drama film mm-hmm. um, starring Natalie Wood. I hope I'm giving you all new information. Uh, starring Somebody. Natalie Wood and Warren Beatty as yeah. two high school sweethearts navigating feelings of sexual repression, love, and heartbreak. That's all I got. Did you read the actual plot? Uh, what do you mean? Like, which part are you referring to specifically? The like all of it? Yeah, I read like the entire like this really I I did. like page long summary. It oh. sounds like the most depressing, tragic. De- wow. So I'd heard of Splendor in the Grass. Life is depressing, Selena. I just hadn't seen it. Well, that's uh, true. It's, it's all depressing. Yeah. But this one was particularly. Sad. It sounds rough. Like there's yeah. a mental hospital involved. Well, yeah, and like rape and oh, like no. it just they do all the all the things happen, and so it just sounds really, really, really heavy. And so that much I didn't know. Um, was there anything else about Splinter in the Grass? Because I did find something that I felt like might be relevant for the episode as well. So in this article, they like it's talking about the romantic poet William Wadsworth and he's the one who coined the phrase splendor in the grass like 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Natalie Wood actually reads this stanza at the very end of the movie. Though nothing can bring back the hour of splendor in the grass of glory in the flower. We will grieve not rather find strength in what remains behind. First of all, I think that's very beautiful, but also that did feel relevant because that feels a little bit like, What's going on with Mary Jo? You know, she can't return to how things were with Ted, but she can draw strength from what she learned from that time. This feels like a moment to revisit the fact that LBT wrote this in pre-Google days. Mm-hmm. It's forever wild to me that someone can just like somewhere in their brain pluck out these and facts. I'm curious, like, was she thinking about some of this and putting this together? And I think she may have been only because of these other hints that we've gotten along the way about how much literature means to her, um, how much film means to her. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, I don't know. That just sort of stood out to me when I looked up the plot of Splendor in the Grass. I wanted to add on to the Gary Hart and Donna Rice thing, Mm -hmm. only that we've had conversations, and I think in the previous episode, about how the media, in that case, we were talking about the actor who played Pee Wee Herman. In this case, Talking about Donna Rice, the media hounded her for 18 months. I bet. Can you imagine not being left alone for 18 months? I can, but only because I've recently read all that stuff about Monica Lewinsky and her experience. Oh my gosh. And I can. I that would be that would be untenable. 
Oh my gosh. That's again, we go back to that point of like how much strength it takes to get out of bed in the morning and put one foot in front of the other. I mean, I think what we have come to know about her more recently, mm-hmm. I think is just pretty darn amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Did we, did you have anything else that you had in your references? Do let me ask you a question. Your kids know what the Flintstones are? Probably not. Okay. So the Flintstones get a mention in this episode. Oh, okay. And I just got to thinking about these things that I take for granted. You know, because your kids listen to the podcast. Right. They do. They want to <laughs> listen to mommy radio. Oh. But I do think about, like, this idea of, again, like, just not thinking that everybody is working from the same yeah. information. And so I wound up looking into the Flintstones you know, which is a cartoon. I would have thought that cartoon ran for 25 years, but it was actually only on from 1960 to 66. Mm. I think it seems like there was a lot more because of so many reruns, tons of specials. There's been all kinds of excellent live action movies. So good. (laughs) Um, I do love John Goodman though. I do. Um, the first one was really good. I don't really, was Halle Berry in that one? I think. Yes. Okay. Um, it was a good one. The, so the Flintstones was also the most financially successful and longest running network animated TV series for three decades until the Simpsons. Yep. And they surpassed them in 1997. Oh, wow. <sighs> Simpsons been around a long time. Sure has. And then speaking of references that we couldn't find, I had another one, which was Mary Jo refers to some of those rock song lyrics, mothers arise and eat your young. Uh huh. I just couldn't find it. I Googled it and I got some Bible verses back. I think I got something weird like that too. Yeah. So I just moved on. Yeah. It's religious. I figured Mary it wasn't for fine. me to question. Yeah. I, at that point I was like, oh, I, just, I don't know. It's just not for me to know it's in God's hands now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but if you know where it's from, tell Let us. us know. Yeah. Uh, and I think that other one that so you mentioned all of those songs i just want to say there's no reason that tammy shouldn't have known i want to hold your hand she would have been prime age for that i would have thought i don't know that she was prime age for that because i think she would have been great with math more around my mom's age and i mean it wouldn't have been music of her generation but we've talked about this before that we just don't buy into that, like, Mm-mm. it was before I was born. I mean, who's Elvis Presley? Um, the Beatles was, I, I owned a Beatles CD when I was in middle school. That's there's just no reason. There's zero Michael excuse. Jackson was one of my first, like, there's no reason you wouldn't know music from a previous era. Right, so it's just weird. I hate people. On that note, you want to talk about cut lines? <laughs> I do. These are so random. But um, the first one was, while Anthony and Quint were talking about the word fooey, mm-hmm. um, Anthony says the president of the United States uses the word fooey. Um, and he basically says, like, uh, he doesn't use language, like, harsh language so he can, you know, look like a leader or whatever. I'm only bringing this one up because I had just recently read an article about presidents caught cussing. Uh-huh. Um, and Ronald Reagan, who would have been president when this episode was written slash aired, uh, may have said fooey, but I think he said some other things too. The article specifically said that at an economic summit in London in 1983, some things, discussions about the Soviet Union got pretty heated between Reagan and the Canadian prime minister. Mm-hmm. Um, it prompted Reagan to pound his fist on the table and yell, GD it, Pierre, at the politician. Um, despite this outburst, Reagan refused to ever write down a curse word, even in his own private diaries. Huh. 
I think we know presidents use cuss words, but it is pretty much seen as undignified. And it was just funny. I had just read that article recently yeah. when he when I saw that cut line. Yeah. It's funny that that's what you took from it. And what I took from it is that it was a subtle Reagan slam. Oh. Because Quint says something about, we don't look very tough. Oh. Or something like that. Mm. Um, and I just am going to go out on a limb and assume that LBT was not the biggest Reagan fan. But maybe. I'm going to say I've never seen a president who looks tough. So That looks tough? Yeah. I never, I never even thought about it before. Mm. I, I just need you to be smart. <laughs> just be smart. I need to be able to land a good left hook. Care about people. You know, I just All that want, stuff doesn't matter. I just want somebody I can sit down and have a beer with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, the second one I had mm -hmm. was uh, Mary Jo's telling the ladies about Ted's compliments. And Suzanne says she got some of the same ones. Uh, it was also said, and then he said I was, your favorite line, enticing. Sort of fragile and playful like a puppy. Yeah, I got that one too. And then he said, I had a better looking behind than anyone in Tokyo, which is apparently a big compliment because Ted says Tokyo is the good looking behind capital of the world. Uh, I'm just bringing that one up because I think the recycling of compliments is important context in this situation. Uh, it's important to know that Ted's just telling everyone the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good takeaway. I One that stood out for me was part of Ted and Mary Jo's conversation. This is what I was alluding to earlier. Um cuts crystal clear why but it's just adding to that creepy mound of compliments but he says creepy mound <laughs> it's a creepy mound nobody's getting that candy bar um when i first married you you were still a girl but now everything about you is different your hair your bone structure my child bride has become an incredibly beautiful woman it's just all bad it's bad Maybe when I'm 60, I want you to call me your child bride, but not referring to like when I was, why won't you tell me I'm young looking? Yeah. Yeah. Say my child bride. I don't really like to think no. about child bride. No, that doesn't work. It's just. Porcelain faced good. youth. Youthful, beautiful thing. I'll work on it. I got a couple more years before I'm uh, old enough for that. You, you just want, you just got the face and body of a 22 year old. <laughs> there you. you go. That's good. I like that. But not you at 22. Someone else at 22. <laughs> Ah, it's a very specific 22-year-old. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I'll just cut a picture out. Here's the thing that me and my friends realize at every passing decade, mm -hmm, decade, is that at that time, we were like, ugh, I know. God, I look terrible. I and then you look back 10 years later, and you're like, idiot. Yeah. So people, look at yourself right now and just comfort yourself in the fact that you're gonna look worse later so enjoy what you're currently looking at it's like that episode of Shit's creek when moira thinks naked photos have made it out on the internet of her and she tells um the girl that works at the front desk she says you may think you're pale and creepy now but 10 years from now you're gonna wish you had those photos that's right <laughs> <laughs> same same <laughs> yep well i'm very tan but other than sure that. right <laughs> So I don't have any more cut lines. Okay. There were like other ones, but they weren't important. Okay. So next episode, episode 22, our season finale. It's called Reservations for Eight. Uh, we'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage. Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. Email SweetTeaTVPod at gmail.com. And our website is www.SweetTeaTV.com. I'm going to throw in right here that Selena and I recorded some social media before this episode recording. I don't know how influencers do it. 
It is tough. <laughs> Looking at yourself on camera, realizing that's how you talk, realizing that's what your face looks like, it's just tough. So it's 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 a real it's a mountain to climb for us. So we're putting a lot into it. We need you all to look at it. That's the bottom line. If I'm gonna put my face out there, <laughs> honestly, honestly. Um, so then I'll come back to you. Feel free. Leave us a rating, a review, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends about us. Um, if you know someone who loves designing women or would love designing women, tell them. And hang tight for extra sugar. What you got this week? This week, I am super excited to say we'll be talking about cartoons from the 1980s. Oh my, that sounds so old. <laughs> I mean, retro. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you around the bin. Bye. Welcome to this week's edition of Extra Sugar. I'm so excited. You seem very excited about this one. I'm very excited. Is it about this segment or the cereal that you're most excited about? The segment, the cereal, the good times. I just miss being a kid. Mm, yeah. And that's what was going on in this episode is like, okay, so usually I feel a little ho-hum about a random kid plot. Mm -hmm. But I was stoked this week because Quint's out-of-the-blue appearance in this episode led to two cartoon references. Maybe three, depending on this whole Mr. Squiggly thing. Um, Squiggles, whoever he is. And that's all I needed. Mm. Just mm -hmm. open that door for me. Sure. Um, and we're talking 80s cartoons. So, I will tell Where you. Where else would you go? I don't know. Well, possibly the 90s. It was a little hard because I was going to do 80s and 90s. But they're in the 80s. Right. And I like to create a rule because that's fun. I'm realizing now I'm not sure all mine were strictly 80s cartoons, my favorite memories. Well, oh, well, I'll tell you. Okay. It's okay. We'll, okay. We'll, you'll get a pass. Okay. Um, so... Specifically, they mentioned Flintstones and Garfield. We talked about Flintstones and the references. We talked about Garfield a few episodes in a row now, or at least recent episodes. So I just wanted to ask first, are either one of those favorites for you, Flintstones or Garfield? No. no. I mean, I've, I've watched them. I wouldn't call them favorites. Yeah. What about you? Well, I love the Flintstones. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I mean, I would watch Garfield, but mm. I wasn't like super crazy about it or anything. Yeah. I will say though, remember how it was Garfield and Friends? Yes. There is an inordinate amount of time where suddenly the duck with the like swimming tube oh, uh -huh. around him uh -huh. comes to, into my head. Oh, <laughs> There's no reason. Because he's delightful. I, maybe. Yeah. Like who doesn't want a duck who doesn't know how to swim, you know? I can't, that's true. I can't think of the Flintstones without simultaneously thinking of, um... The Jetsons? The Jetsons, thank you. But I feel like, you know how there's that sentiment that, like, you're either an Elvis fan or a Beatles fan? Right. So, in my mind, you're either a Flintstones person or a Jetsons person. Oh, is that right? It's just what a closed-off world you live it's in. It's just in my mind. <laughs> So small minded. I'll just say I was a Flintstones person if I had to pick between the two. Like I would watch the Jetsons, but it wasn't my favorite. Right. Like I don't I don't have a favorite of the two because I don't love old cartoons. Mm -hmm. Like um Looney Tunes. 
But sometimes, like, isn't that weird that a cartoon even feels weird or old? Because it's not like it's in black and white. Right. And it's not like they're covered. Like the Flintstones is not covering 80 storylines that I don't understand. Right. The whole the whole genesis is that they're using like Stone Age things to mimic new things. Right. Right. You know, which is actually well, I think it's really smart. But I think the difference is they have that theatrical. I think we talked about this a few episodes ago, that theatrical voice that's mm-hmm. very like, I'm a Flintstone. Oh, yeah. You mean like the Wilma? Right. Okay. A little over the top. I mean, I've watched both of them. They're fine cartoons, but like on a Saturday morning, I wouldn't have picked those two. I'll watch are, them because they're on. Are all cartoons kind of over the top? Yeah, but they're, but I, I guess I, this, their way they talk sounds mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. Just sounds like the 40s or the 50s. You know, it's just like someone in the 60s just trying to sound like they're from the Stone Age. Really? This is it's what that I'm same old story. Time and time again. I thought what we could do is actually. Do some scene setting first. Okay. Do you have any memories about, like, Saturday morning cartoons? Do we need to tell people what Saturday morning cartoons were? I don't <laughs> think it would hurt. I, I know we okay. have a younger listener or two. Okay. So, it used to be that there was this magical time between the hours of 8 a.m. and noon, and they were all ours. See, today, all time is for children. And everything is digital, and you can have anything you want at any time. But then back in the day, you had to wait, and you had four hours a week that were just for you. I know parents are like, shut up. But actually, I think that's why there were Saturday morning cartoons. So they could go do something else. Or sleep in. Yeah. Because you, you would go downstairs and make yourself a bowl of cereal. You didn't need anybody else, You were right? on your own. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... And 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 the, the cartoons changed throughout the years, but the funny thing is, is because what is old is new again. I'm going to look for 80s cartoons for when you come over today, mm-hmm. because I should say that I set up a cereal bar situation. I had some 80s cartoons going when Nikki got uh, here today, and that was um, for her enjoyment in this segment, and my enjoyment, and um, a lot of the cartoons from the 80s have been redone. Mm-hmm. And here within like the last five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they look different, but they're the same. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think that is an ask. there is that aspect to it, mm-hmm. but now they're just available all the time. Right. Right. I was telling Selena, we don't do Saturday morning cartoons in our house. Um, and I said, I guess we could. And she was like, but isn't like all day, every day cartoon time? Cause everything's on demand. And I was like, yeah, but you could like set the expectation that that's what you do on Saturday morning, but it's not the way it used to be, which I mean, like. The network television stations would be cartoons yes. for hours yes, because they were for kids. Right. You didn't have to necessarily be watching Nickelodeon or Nick Jr. or whatever. It would just be on CBS or ABC or whatever. That was wonderful. So share some memories, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> share I, some memories. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, there were three of us growing up, so... Finding a cartoon we all agreed on was not always the easiest thing to do. <laughs> this is where being an only child really kicks in to do whatever high you gear. Wanted. But I do. I mean, I vaguely remember that was many years ago. But I remember just what I was saying, like getting up and we were just sort of on our own for a few hours, and you could just turn on TV and see what was on. It's kind of like a flicker of independence, no? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, you'd have to negotiate who's going to watch which cartoon, and um, yeah, I mean, just good times good times you had your cereal good cereal unless your mom bought the store brand 
Did you ever have to eat the store brand? In the big giant plastic bag? I did. And I think me and my mom went toe to toe on it, which isn't really fair now that I realize as an adult she was a single parent with three jobs. And I'm like, no box? But you were a kid. You were a kid. Like, and they taste different. And we were highly marketed too. Yes. And so that's the thing about Saturday morning cartoons is. Oh, it's all marketing. Yeah. Like the. There's so many rules around advertising now that didn't exist then. And cereals were like the number one ad that you would see on Saturday morning. And if it wasn't Fruit Loops, it couldn't be Fruit Circles or Fruit Donuts. Or fruit like stoops. it had to be right <laughs> Fruit Loops. And when you had that giant plastic bag, you were like, "This doesn't taste the same. This is garbage." So I'm, yeah, even though it literally tastes the same, I'm letting go. I didn't think it did. And it's all garbage. I will die on that hill. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was like you. I was like, could we just for once have Fruit Loops? Well, my mom wasn't a cereal eater, and so like that wasn't gonna be the in the house necessarily. Uh, we talked about this off air. A lot of times if I got cereal, it would be bran flakes mm, or something. Right. But I poured a bunch of sugar on it to try right. and make it better. Right. And then if I went and stayed at my other grandmother's house, my dad's mom, uh, Nancy was a hot cereal person. So Oh, like oatmeal? Cream of wheat. Cream of wheat. And cream of wheat with brown sugar was like my favorite. I've been eating cream of rice recently and it's really mm. good. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not to distract. But I do remember most of the cartoons I can remember actively watching, like if you're specific to Saturday morning, is the old stuff. For whatever reason, it is the Looney Tunes, the Flintstones. And again, not my favorites, but I'd watch them because it's what on, what's on. Honestly, I think maybe a lot of that, and that's been hard to piece out for me, like – this idea of what I was actually watching then yeah. because I remember more than 90s stuff because yes. we were really little in the 80s. Yes. Very, very, very so young. So young. The youngest. The tiniest, youngest. Just the itty bitty babies. Imagine just a baby in like, your hand. Just an acorn size. Yep. Barely alive. <laughs> but anyway, so as I'm like looking back and thinking about what you're saying and it being a lot more of those traditional cartoons, it's probably because like as we started to get a little older, that is when the Nickelodeons got to the height of its powers, when you have Disney come and have its right. own TV show right. or TV channel and all of this stuff start to pop up. So cartoons and and kid access to kid TV was already changing at that time. Yeah. But it was still a, a magical time. And it's really visceral for me. Mm-hmm. So like... I and mine's different. I didn't have I didn't have any siblings. It was just this gal right here. But I remember that joy. I remember it being a kid's time to shine. I would wake up so early. It was still dark outside. Really? And I can still remember that it was like a hair too early for cartoons. So I was actually catching like reruns of like the Three Stooges, which I hated. And I just sit there on the couch. Yeah, no. I just sit there on the couch like waiting for the good stuff to start. Yeah, I get that. Um, And then I would go and get a bowl of cereal or something. And then I would bring it to the living room, wrap myself up in a big blanket, and I would settle in for the best four hours of my life. Life is so different as a single child. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no fight. If I was I fighting remember, myself, it would have been really bad. I remember curling up on the other end of the couch, my sister yelling because I almost kind of touched her, my brother coming in and screaming because he didn't want to watch any of the old stuff. He wanted to watch Nickelodeon. Ah, what special time. My parents banging the floor because we were making too much noise. And like all the adults were still asleep in my house. It was just me that was awake. (laughs) Just Grandma Selena. Perfect. Uh, Well, here's, I'm curious if you can finish this. 
from the commercial warnings at the time. Oh, no. I just okay. want to see if you're, are we really of the same age? Good Lord, Celine. And we're you not. You're way younger so much than younger than, than you. Okay. You Let's know see, how competitive I get. Can you finish this? After these messages, we'll be, be right back. back. Uh, I was going to no? be back. Okay. No. Okay. Uh-uh. All right. Well, I thought uh-uh. maybe you'd be able to do it. Well, that okay. must have been something they did in your era. That's right. Three uh-huh. months before you were born. Holy. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, actually that was in the nineties, so, yeah, well, it was probably you and your siblings kicking the crap out of each other. (laughs) (laughs) I got all the commercial breaks, too. (laughs) There's a commercial. It's a fight club. (laughs) Shh, you guys, be quiet. Uh, excuse me. Can't talk about fight club. There you go. All right, so let's get into the cartoon portion here. Okay. All right, so I want to set the scene for the listener now. Okay. So There's Nikki so has setting. constructed a bowl of cereal. Do you want to tell the people what is in your bowl of cereal? What's not in my bowl of cereal? Uh, cinnamon Toast Crunch. Mm-hmm. Fruity Pebbles. Mm-hmm. Fruit Loops. Mm-hmm. Lucky Charms. I think that's it. You I think that's four, it. Right? I think that's it. Okay. It's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I already this ate is mine. dreams are made of. <laughs> that real sugar rush i think maybe i've told you before i'm sure i have because it's one of my all-time favorite oops why did you do that stories <laughs> when i ate a whole box of fruit loops and then i couldn't see straight oh my god that sounds terrible <laughs> it was terrible i was like uh-oh <laughs> i just flipped the diabetes switch i was <laughs> who among us has not eaten so much sugar they can't see straight though uh, but like i was like Oh, this is really it's happening. Scary, right? It was real scary. Oh. That is honestly I'm glad the you're reason. Still with us. I know. Um, that is honestly the reason I don't eat cereal is because it takes an inordinate no amount to get me full. Oh, <laughs> and well, no self control ser- for me. A serving size is like it's the same, right? But like, I'm pretty full after a bowl of cereal. I just can't stop. Oh, yeah, I just no. can't stop myself. And then, like four bowls later, my afternoon snack mm-hmm. has like paralyzed me for the evening until next feeding time. <laughs> I'm gonna eat again just to make sure my stomach's full. I do like to think of your meals as feeding <laughs> times. There's some truth in that for all of us, probably. Let's put her out to the trough. <laughs> She'll like, be fine. I guess that's better than putting you out to pasture. Eh? That's true. So tell me. Um, what to the best of your recollection? Oh, now I'm. What nervous. are your favorite '80s cartoons? I'll tell you if they're '80s or not. Okay, um, Inspector Gadget. Eighty started in '83, I think. So you're. I'm good. so curious if people like kids these days know that cartoon. Absolutely, they do. You want to know why? Why they redid it? Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. It's popular. Though, it's not so the same. Not. Yeah. Uh, Rescue Rangers. Mm-hmm. It was an '80s car- cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh. I put uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think that was my sister's thing, but I remember it. Oh, okay. So you weren't really a big fan. I don't think no so. No favorite turtle. I don't think so. I probably had one just because I had to watch it. So you got to have a favorite. Sure. Uh, probably was the purple one. Raphael. Uh, DuckTales. Mm-hmm. And do you remember Fraggle Rock? I do. Not a cartoon. It Puppet. counts to me. Oh, it's fine. It counts. Yeah. You and your weird rules. <laughs> has to be a cartoon throw the care no wait hold on throw your cares away uh uh worries for another day so <laughs> I, down at fraggle rock uh, yeah 
Uh, I think we had some crossover. I will tell you what my favorite ones are. Cause what I want to do is I'm going to go through and I pulled different cartoons that I really liked or thought they had interesting information about. Mm-hmm. And then you told me in advance to me your favorites. So I looked those up specifically. Okay. Um, I did watch inspector gadget, but I mean, it wasn't, um, necessarily my favorite, but I would watch it. Um, if it was on. And I did like the little girl. Penny? Yeah. Nikki? Yeah. This is your time to just relax. Except oh, okay. for when I ask you trivia questions. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm sweaty again. Curl up with your bowl of cereal. All four types. I'm really digging that. I can't decide if I should mute the mic or not. Is that too loud? Oh, no. I think that was just perfect. <laughs> so, I'm going to start with your favorites. And I am going to start with an Inspector, Ga- Inspector Gadget. And I don't know if we should say, like, I think it'll take too much time. If you don't know what they are, you're probably just going to have to look them up. But he was, like, the first, just, maybe we'll do a one-sentence overview of what each of these were. He I was, think his name gives it away. He's a private investigator who had a bunch of gadgets. Yeah, he was, like, the first robot police officer, I think. He was cool. Yeah. So, here's your question. This famous person once auditioned for the show, hoping to play the part of Corporal Cateman. Spoiler alert, they didn't get the part. I'll give you four guesses. A, Jim Carrey. B, Kelsey Grammer. C, Vin Diesel. Or D, Seth MacFarlane. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Did you know that? Mm-mm. All right. I could good. see him auditioning for cartoons, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. So this is a crossover favorite for both of us. You mentioned DuckTales. Again, DuckTales, I just forgot the duck's name. <laughs> oh, uh, not Daffy Duck. Donald, Donald Duck. Yeah. So um, it's based on his nephews. And Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and Scrooge McDuck, and they go out and they fight crimes. And Scrooge McDuck swims around in money. Which is still uh, a lifetime dream for me. Mm-hmm. So, I just was going to share a fact from this one. No question. Yay. Okay. This is actually a Designing Women reference connection. Oh. So, well, a reference made on the show. Okay. But the character of Ma Beagle was based on a real person. She was modeled after the infamous Ma Barker Hmm. of the Barker Carpus Gang, who we talked about in one of the episodes this season. And um, this is the one where Bill and Charlene almost break up. So I just thought that was interesting, too. Like, this idea that they sometimes construct things in cartoons that are for adults. Oh, yeah. So someone might watch that and they'd be like, oh, that's funny. It's a play on words. We won't talk about Animaniacs here because I think that was a 90s cartoon, which is why it's not on my list. But that cartoon is like infamous for doing that. Yeah, definitely. But Looney Tunes was too. So Yeah. Well, you got to give the parents something. Got to give them something, man. And it's still really not enough. God bless Disney. I mean, they give us a lot as parents and Pixar. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Good stuff. That's more. That's top of the line right there. It really is. Cream of the crop. It is. So you mentioned Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Mm-hmm. So th- this is another, we like to fight crime in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. These were two very cute chipmunks that fought crimes along with, um, there was the ma- the other, their other mouse friend who loved cheese. Oh gosh, what was his name? Monterey Monty. Jack. Mo- yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his name was Cheese. Yep. Uh, but so here's your question for this one. The theme song was written by 
Mark Mueller, who also did the theme song for this cartoon, as well as writing Jennifer Page's 1998 hit song, Crush. Crush? Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> I thought I might get you with a 90s jam. <laughs> you know, she's from Metro Atlanta. Oh, really? I think she's from Marietta. Well, there you go. Look at this. Just, I'm just telling you It's what. firing off on all cylinders or however that goes. I better get this question right. So your choices are A, Darkwing Duck, mm. B, Gummy Bears, C, DuckTales, or D, Tailspin. Oh, gosh. They're all good, by the way. Tailspin or Darkwing Duck? I'm, I'm, I'm going to commit to Tailspin, although I know that's not the right answer. The answer is C, DuckTales. That's not right. (laughs) That's wrong. Sorry. Sorry, Mark. Get it right. (laughs) You don't even know what you wrote. Although it's funny, like, thinking back to this, like, I could have seen Tailspin being it because it sounds very similar. They're all jams. Tailspin. Tailspin. Something done to another tailspin. Okay. It is a jam. They're all so good. They are really good. Gosh. Um, there was Queen Duck. One of my favorite things that Casey and I ever did years ago, we just sat up in the bed and we looked up every single like cartoon theme song and like sat there and sang it. And it was a glorious day. The next one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, no question. So, just enjoy yourself. Okay. So, this show actually started out as a joke between the co-creators. And it was actually a parody of early 80s comics and especially Daredevil. So, for instance, Daredevil fought a group of ninjas called The Hand. You you may remember that the turtles fought the foot. (sighs) Daredevil was trained by the stick, the turtles by splinter Mm, mm -hmm. so and then this is just an interesting like other fact that i had never heard before which is you remember april the reporter i do so she was actually an um initially an african-american woman and scientist and they changed her into a white woman reporter so cool yeah i don't know why excellent there you go um but teenage mutant Ninja turtles by the way because i said i would weigh in about what my favorites were that was a favorite Mm. of mine um, Raphael, Raphael was a smart aleck, and so he was my favorite because I love that. Um, and also, I did love Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and so I should have mentioned that as well. Oh, I lied. You do have a question. Uh oh. Now I feel bad because this question's really for your sister. Uh oh. <laughs> so, this actor was the voice of Shredder. A. James Avery, aka Uncle Phil, on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. B. Mark Hamill, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker from the original Star Wars trilogy. C. James Earl Jones, a.k.a. Darth Vader or Mufasa. Uh, And like a ton of other stuff. And then D. Christopher Maloney from Law & Order SVU. It's going to anger me, but I'm going to say Uncle Phil. You got it. I did, okay. And I'm going to tell you what. I looked it up just to see. It is so obvious. I think they just... Like, I watched them in two different parts of my life, mm-hmm. you know? And so I wouldn't have put it together at that age. Yeah. But when I heard it, I was like, Uncle Phil! Uncle Phil, you're there! It's crazy! That's funny. So this is like my A1, number one, all-time favorite. You've heard me talk about it before. It's Jim and the Holograms. Oh, uh-huh. Um, I have no idea what this is. Only because I know you. Do I know what it is? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Well, they did do a live-action movie and. 
2015. I'm sure it was great. It was so good. Just a real <laughs> classic. Anytime you take a cartoon and turn it live action, it usually goes over like gangbusters. I mean, what could happen? Mm-hmm. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? So Jim is, um, I'm, just for those who don't know, she is a rock star by day and she's also, or excuse me, she's a business person by day. She's a rock star by night. And um, she was given like powers to tr- change back and forth, but like into Jim by some sort of hologram machine that her dad left her secretly when he died. This is a very intricate plot for a cartoon. She also Sounds runs an Hannah orphanage. Montana. What? <laughs> yeah, she's a real good a do-gooder. Anyway, so is she? She runs an orphanage and orphanages weren't really well known for being. Oh, this great was places. nice. Oh, okay. This good. was top of the line. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, they created the Jim doll line to be competition for uh, this is Hasbro, uh, competition for Barbie. Although I read other reports that said that Barbie was competing with them, actually, because they were losing some market share. But whatever. Either Do you know way, why I've never heard of Jim? Because I was a Barbie girl. Oh, <laughs> so I was on that side of the camp. Oh, I was Barbie girl, too. <laughs> I, I, whoever, you cross lines. It really doesn't matter who can tell me that my figure is wrong. <laughs> like As long I'm as you get in. to pay for it. I want it to be uh, completely unrealistic, <laughs> completely unattainable. And I'm like, yes, please Count sign me, me up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. Uh, so, But either way, Hasbro was really trying to appeal to girls. They created the animated series then to promote the line. You said something earlier about how, like... Some of the rules have changed. Oh, uh-huh. For and marketing of, yeah. and advertising. It's it's funny to me that you see them as being stricter now. Uh-huh. Because um, when I was reading, one of the things that um, I saw was in the 80s, that's when things changed. There used to be like a rule that you couldn't do this very thing. Like you couldn't create a show based on a toy. You couldn't do oh. something to kind of like further and sell yeah. things. And then they took that away. And that's when you see this market just flourish. I think I'm thinking more nutritional stuff. Like I think there are some restrictions around how much sugar you can showcase and I could um, see that. that sort of thing. I could see that, but by goodness, if they can sell you a toy model or something, well, sure. they're going to do that. That's not going to kill you. You got to have something. Just the planet. Just the <laughs> just your soul. <laughs> hey, what has when has materialism ever been a problem? Never. Not a single day. I'm a material girl. That's right. I'm in a material world. <laughs> okay. So she's got me hopped up on sugar. We're all hopped up on sugar. Um, so Jim's original name was going to be M. I wonder. Like I'm, was, I'm sorry. It was going to be what? Just M. It was going to be. Uh, it was meant the to. J and the E were silent. Well, I'm like trying to. I don't Is know. Sweet. First of all, it was supposed to imply music, magic, and mystique. Oh, come so on. let that sink in. So her name would have been M3. Oh, I guess. <laughs> Isn't that like a Triple spy M. agency? <laughs> yes. But I just, like, somehow I'm seeing people, like, sitting around a room, and they're like, oh, we can't do M. Oh, what are we going to do? Jah, Pim, Mim. <laughs> it's like me doing the Wordle each Jim. day. Oh, Jim, I know. Oh, with a J. We'll make it fancy, and then we'll put it, like, next to a diamond. I don't know. I just You bought it, it hook, down. line, and sinker, so it doesn't matter how it happened. I absolutely did. I was all in. You little sucker. Uh, it's uh, totally outrageous. Um. So what this is what made it stand stand out for the era. The show dealt with social issues, touching on things like drug abuse and teen runaways. Isn't it's crazy for little kids though, right? 
But I wonder if it was more like a tween audience and I was always watching stuff I wasn't meant to watch. I'm going to say this always sounds like a slightly elevated audience from Rescue Rangers. (laughs) I like to widen my variety of intake. So after one episode, though, are you going to tell me this cartoon aired on HBO after dark or something? Uh, it's so crazy it's a cartoon it's It's fine (laughs) well just hold on just hold your horses so after one episode where a phone hotline for runaways was shared two young children who'd run away were then reunited with their families so that's kind of nice i know so there were 151 different songs in the 65 episodes of the series and 187 music videos so it was really bringing together like this is like the MTV generation stuff, right? So it feels like it's bringing together all of these things. Um, the weird thing, one of the songs suggests that she's having sex with her boyfriend, Perfect. which feels like probably a weird thing for little kids. Again, why maybe it was like at least tweens. But she was an adult. She's an adult. Yeah. yeah. Uh, How did I miss this? This is so weird. Well, so it actually, it started in 85 and I oh. think it only went to 88. So I watched reruns of it. I didn't watch it. Like, I wasn't, like, in the cradle. Like, ah, Jim. You know. Yeah. So I was just, like, a little older. Uh, it was on Netflix for a long time, and I had it pinned, and I got through a few episodes. But I'm going to tell y'all. Actually, I should have put a disclaimer at the top. They don't feel the same. <laughs> you know, children's cartoons in general. <laughs> Once like, you get past the theme song, and you're, like, jamming out, then it comes on, <laughs> and you're like, did they just fat shame? <laughs> did they just i couldn't happening? even get to the fat shaming because it was just boring oh. i was like oh this just kind of sucks <laughs> yeah i get that so um another thing that really stood out about this one sorry this is my favorite so i pulled the most back for it uh <laughs> Tell whose segment this it, it had an actual series finale um unlike other cartoons i won't give you the spoiler alert go ahead <laughs> so they had like just give the the warning in case anybody wants to put on their earmuffs. Spoiler alert in case you want to go watch Jim where I have no idea where you'll find it because I tried to find it this morning. Anyways, without paying for it. Uh, the holograms and the misfits declared a truce. But if you've never seen it, you don't know what that means. You were worried about giving that away, huh? <laughs> hey, you just yelled at me like two episodes ago for like a 30-year-old spoiler. Okay. Um... Muppet Babies, next on the list. You know, they make a dream come true. Uh, We watched this with our kids. Oh, yeah? Now, Mm. they updated that one, too, though. We watched the updated one. Okay. Uh, Is it good? It is. Oh, for kids. Yeah. So, this is a couple of things I did not know. Howie Mandel was the voice actor behind the characters of Animal, Benson, and Skeeter for two seasons. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. And then when Mandel left the series, he was replaced as the voice of those same three characters by Full House star Dave Coulier. Oh. The guy who plays Joey. Yep. All right. I got a few more in here. The real Ghostbusters. So Arsenio Hall was the voice of Winston Zeddemore for three seasons. And when he left the series, he was replaced by Buster Jones. Here comes Dave Coulier. Also had a spot on this uh, cartoon voicing uh, Dr. Peter Vinkman for 62 episodes. And it was named The Real Ghostbusters because there was already a cartoon called simply Ghostbusters. But this is the one emulating the movie of the same name. Cool. That was a favorite for me as well. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Ah. The cartoon. The real Ghostbusters. Not Gusbusters. Gutbusters. <laughs> That's the cereal. Talking is hard. Care Bears. Mm. This was tops for me. 
they started out as characters on greeting cards. Had no idea. Anyway, so they go from greeting cards to toys, then to the big screen. I loved the Care Bears movie when I was little. Actually, Care Bears movie came out the year we were born, so... Um, See, I think I missed a boat on that one. Yeah, so this is something I watched later. Later. Uh, this is, like, the Care Bears um, had a Care Bear stare. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking as a kid, hearing these things and thinking it sounded really dumb. This is where they would all stand together and project light from each of their individual symbols, bringing love and happiness into even the hardest of hearts. <laughs> you Not sound, on, you sound like a real arsehole. <laughs> a real hard heart. <laughs> Care Bear Stare. As you're saying that, I'm thinking about the environment one where they all had rings and they would put their rings together. Planet. Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Captain Planet. He's, he's our hero. hero. Gonna, gonna take pollution down to zero. What year was that? I think that started in like 90. See, that's why I didn't include, include it on my list. I also really love that. And we were learning about the environment, guys. And look how great we've done. <clears throat> the last thing I have on my list is He-Man, who was influenced by Conan the Barbarian. Uh, I... Never watched it. <laughs> Perfect. Huh. Glad but we're I did, talking about it. I know, but I thought it was interesting for this reason. So Toy Makers and Make Mattel it interesting, please. originally wanted to create toys based on Conan the Barbarian, the movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, which by the way, have you ever tried to watch that movie before? It's got to be terrible. I got like three and a half minutes in and I was like, nope, moving on. Why did you get three and a half minutes in? I don't even know how I did that, honestly. Okay. So... Uh, no offense to the fans of that movie. Oh, no, I'm sure it's great. It's so good. So, however, when they discovered that the film would have an adult rating, they instead came up with He-Man, whose physique was influenced by the Austrian bodybuilder. So, I don't know. Influenced many a physique. I just, we I had also didn't really have any technically, like, boy cartoons. Shh, they get oh, enough. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, DuckTales is kind of like equal. They get enough. <laughs> All that you just said at the very beginning of this segment, your favorite ones were when they introduced a girl. Oh, right. That's right. <laughs> no, I thought there was a good mix in there. Oh, thank you. But thank God for adding He-Man. Solve <laughs> that. I just wanted to get a real classic 80s one in there for the you, early 80s crowd. You done good, Selena. For the early 80s. Okay. So, well, Nikki, here's how it is. There's really no other way to end this. You know what we have to do. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, airplanes. It's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery or rewrite history. Duck tales, a woohoo. Tales of daring, do bad, and good luck tales, a woohoo. Danger lurks behind you. There's a strange.